Joining us now is retired Brigadier General David Hamler. He is the first African-American to achieve one-star rank in the Minnesota Air National Guard. Known as an extraordinary leader in the Minnesota National Guard, he is an accomplished surgeon specializing in the reconstruction of skull deformities and brain tumors. Hamler joined the Minnesota Air National Guard's 133rd Airlift Wing as a traditional guardsman and general practice physician in 1995. He served in support of Operation Desert Storm and De- I'm sorry, Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm and deployed in support of Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom, and numerous military humanitarian efforts around the world. In his civilian practice, Hamler specializes and provides for patients with cleft lip and palate, craniofacial deformities, and children born with misshapen skulls. His expertise extends to traumatic injuries as well, which has been crucial in the care of our troops at home and abroad. He's also the team physician for the Minnesota Wild, active with the Red Cross and other charitable organizations, and serves as president of KMOJ's board of directors. General, you have served in a number of world theaters. I've been asked this, and I thought I'd ask the expert, are we really in a world war now when you look at the two theaters of battle happening right now? Good morning, Freddie, and good morning, uh, KMOJ audience. Uh, I wouldn't say yet, but that's what everyone's trying to avoid right now, and that's what uh, President Biden and all the entourage who's gone over from different countries to try and avoid because the last thing you want is a regional spread of this. So, no, we are not in a world war. It is contained at this point. But there's a lot of bad actors who could join um, immediately uh, in that area. So that's that's what we want to avoid. So what is that probability of this Israeli conflict expanding right now through the region? We know Libya's right there, and uh, a lot of things could uh, really blow up at, at any moment, it seems. Yeah. Libya is not a big player right now. Iran is. Um, they and what? Again, these are some of my personal feelings. But if you look at any of the news outlets, you can see readily what's being uh, being considered. So, if Iran is sponsoring some of Hamas, then that could be a player. Hezbollah is another player in this besides Hamas. It was just mentioned in the news last night that. Uh, North Korean uh, weaponry is found uh, among the uh, Hamas. So there's a lot of regional but also external players to the region who are, who are involved. Uh, to your question, in terms of trying to avoid uh, other actors, that's what the U.S. is doing. We position some carriers in the, in, in the uh, area. Uh, we have people on alert, and as long as that's trans. Uh, transpired to the um, the possible actors, maybe they won't become part of it. Everyone, we're talking with retired Brigadier General David Hamler about the conflict overseas, particularly with Israel. And uh, just last evening, we saw a 60 Minutes report about uh, China waging, or staging, I should say, yet another war, this with uh, technology. How important is this to us, and should we be concerned? Well, <laughs> That's always the, the big the big question. You know, there's so many things that, that help um, what we call it is asymmetric warfare, and technology is a big part of that. If you think about wars of old, you had two stand-up armies that faced each other. Uh, what's happening now is you have drone use. You have 
uh, intel being gathered. And that asymmetrically allows someone like Hamas to be a big, uh, actually to be more forceful than what they probably could be standalone. Meaning if they have a hundred uh, warriors, then if you have intel, if you have uh, technology, those things are multipliers. So yeah, we're trying to control that as well, Freddie. It's, it's, it's tough to do because that's open market. Anybody can attain that. Whereas traditionally, like the U.S. or Russia, you know, you have to build armies, you have to uh, sustain armies. Hamas uh, really doesn't have to do that. You talked about the asymmetrical aspect of these conflicts. We're looking at the one in Ukraine, uh, Israel. How does this uh, conflict in Israel impact populations here as well as overseas? Well, you know, there's there's so much to, to say about uh, legacy. And, you know, from an Israeli standpoint, many of their families reside in the U.S. or in France or in Germany. And so with that, you know, basically um, they're making their, uh, their awareness known institutions here, institutions there, that we want the U.S. to support Israel. And, and of course we are, because back in 1947, when all this started following World War II, the U.S. was a big supporter, as was Britain and France, out of the World War II era. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're big supporters of it. We have families. We have uh, loved ones who live in the States. And as long as they're part of us, and plus, as you remember, Americans were taken hostage uh, along with the um, Israelis uh, in the initial assault. So with regard to that, can you talk about the collateral damage and the injuries to innocent people on both sides and uh, why that is cause for concern for everyone, no matter what side of the conflict you happen to fall? So, Fred, that's a key point. When I was uh, deployed in, you know, OIF and OEF, uh, a lot of the patients I took care of were just the regular citizens because they're caught in this conflict. And in fact, you would say Hamas is actually using them as shields to an extent. And when you have asymmetric warfare, that's something you count on. So yeah, they're, they're bearing the brunt of this. Uh, I think in the same story I saw last night, uh, that was intentional by Hamas to try and make sure that we wouldn't bomb indiscriminately. So we're trying to use technology to, you know, to take out the bad guys without injuring the, the uh, innocent. But it happens both ways. It's just like Hamas. They, you know, I think they were intentional in trying to uh, capture Israeli citizens because they knew they couldn't out, outflank or out, out uh, perform. Israeli army. So yes, the innocent bystanders, regular citizens were caught in this. And that's where AIDS trying to be distributed now. I'm with Red Cross, as you mentioned, and Red Cross, Red Crescent, we're trying to get aid in there as well. And you see they're kind of stacked up at the uh, Egyptian border right now going into Gaza. And fortunately, Israeli, um, uh, the Israeli government has allowed uh, influx or um, uh, transport of those uh, of those uh, of that aid to uh, Gaza at this time. General, we know at a high level that war is, of course, ugly. It is deadly. Are we just happening? Are, are we just seeing up close in real time the real aspect of war? Where before, maybe even with the Vietnam War or the Korean conflict, we're 
we don't get the uh, seconds later details and the and the photos and the images coming from war. Is this what war really looks like? Well, you know, interesting you mentioned Vietnam. That was the first televised war, mm-hmm. and a lot of the control, at least from the government, didn't want citizens to see that because if citizens can weigh in on that, that may sway, you know, the actual uh, not the outcome, but the lead-up and the support of that war, and that's what happened in Vietnam. Now, with all the news outlets and the up-close, you know, they just, cell phones and everything else, you're seeing things up-close. And again, you you talk about asymmetric uh, war, the asymmetric um, uh, distribution of that filming of that cell phone footage, you know, Hamas is using that to their advantage as well to show things like the bombing of that hospital, which, by the way, was uh, determined to be done by a malfunction of one of their um, armaments. But at the same time, you know, it's being used on both both sides. So, yeah, it is, I'm not going to say detrimental. I think we should know what's going on. But sometimes you don't want to control that that need as much as possible. But, yeah, it's going to weigh public influence and the uh, outcome of something. Final question. What can we as citizens do? What can we do here in Minnesota to protect our families? Is there a need to try to protect our families from conflicts like this and the uprising that, that could happen in our own communities? Well, you know, that is a key point because you see, um, at least from a domestic uh, standpoint, we are on a higher alert. And I happen to go out to our base from time to time, and they're on a higher alert. And so are, you know, our uh, first responders, our police forces, our um, sheriff's department, they're on a higher alert. So, yeah, that is a possibility. And basically what Hamas has done is empower those folks who feel like they need to make some type of statement they now can act out in a way that, you know, they probably would not have if this is not if this had not occurred. So yeah, I think we need to be on a higher alert. We need to know, you know, what we call situational awareness. You know, you see if you plot if you go out the MST right now to the airport, you'll say, see something, say something. We need to do that. We have to be diligent about, you know, what we um, see in our own neighborhood you know, in our own surroundings. So, yes, we do, All right. General, we're going to leave it right there. He's retired. Brigadier General David Hamler, the first African-American to achieve one-star rank in the Minnesota Air National Guard, with us live this morning on KMLJ. Thanks for being with us, General. Thanks a lot, Freddie. Thank you, guys.